0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Paul Hickey Podcast. I have the pleasure of speaking with Will Acuff of Corner to Corner, an awesome nonprofit out of Nashville, Tennessee, that's doing some amazing things with their entrepreneurship program. Proud to be a part of what Will Acuff and Corner to Corner are doing. Hope you enjoy the show today. Don't miss it. All right, welcome to the Paul Hickey Podcast. We are not fancy, but we love it. We're here with Will Acuff of Corner to Corner. Hey, y'all. Super pumped to have Will on the show because I went to a Nashville Chamber East Coffee, and I saw a lot of really quality people get up and talk. And then up comes Will, and I was like, this dude has passion, energy, energy, He's dope. Like he knows what he's talking about. He knows exactly what he's doing. And Thank you, um, Paul. so I just kind of felt instantly connected to you through your passion for what you do. Yeah. And um, we've met a couple times since then. Mm-hmm. Thanks for thanks for being on the show. Uh, basically, the podcast is just about getting to know our guest and yeah. um, having you tell your story, and then all the different things that you have going on. So we'll get into that. Um, awesome. Why don't we start with you and your kind of origin story? Tell us a
1: little bit about yourself and yeah, the, so we can, we yeah. can connect. Uh, well, the cliff notes of my origin story, born in the South, Durham, North Carolina. I'm not going to say what year. You can guess by this silver hair here. Uh, but uh, about age three, moved to Massachusetts um, and then ended up growing up about 20, 25 minutes outside of Boston. Um in a predominantly Portuguese neighborhood, had a very fun and exciting upbringing that I thought was pretty typical, uh, where my dad uh, started a church. He was what they call a church planner back in the 80s, and a church that started in the office of a gas station, um, you know, with like a handful of people, uh, probably seemed pretty sketchy, you know, at the time, like, you mean in a gas station (laughs) I've never heard that before. (laughs) That's that's awesome. Yeah, Uh, and it ended up being this huge church, um, and it was mostly people... Coming to find out about grace for the first time. Um, And so I grew up in that environment. It was a lot of fun, very exciting. Uh, I was one of four kids, um, but always knew as soon as I turned 18, I wanted to head south again. Okay. Um, Just had this kind of fantasy about what the south was, you know? Um, And Boston is super cold. And I think, uh, I have a theory that you have a certain number of New England winters in your blood. And once you go past that, you can stay, but you sink into abject depression. Um, okay, and so yeah. I, uh, I chose to leave before that happened.
0: I can attest to that because I can no longer, I'm from Detroit, Yeah. and I can no longer handle any kind of cold. And nope. I've been in Tennessee for 12 years, and I just can't do it. Yeah, I'm can't with you. Any kind yeah, of I
1: have zero desire yeah. um, to go back to New England, ever. Yeah. Like, uh, so yeah, came to the South, went to college, uh, NC State, University, uh, came At out of that. At this point,
0: did you have any idea what you wanted to do?
1: Yeah, I mean, I honestly thought I was going to be a pastor, like okay. my dad. Um, and then a couple things happened. I got really into playing music, um, so toured with a band coming out of college. Um, all those guys still do music full-time to this day. I'm the only one who, who took a different path. Um, but had a lot of fun, played everywhere from the Apollo in Harlem. We did not get booed off. Awesome. Uh, to like the Dallas Hard Rock, you know, and a bunch of cruddy places in between. Um, but never made any money. Um And, yeah, uh, coming out of that, I was also working at Duke University to pay um, for the bills uh, because the band, we were getting paid in, like, you know, warm PBR, Mm -hmm. um, which is a common practice in the music industry, kids. So if you're out there (laughs) thinking about it, think again. Um, Yeah, but I was working at Duke as a research analyst in health policy. Okay, uh, And might have just kind of, you know, gone down that path. But then... um, I took a trip right at the end of college uh, to Nairobi and the trip was led by an epidemiologist studies how disease like moves through um, the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were there meeting with local church leaders um, in some of the slums to see how they were responding to the AIDS pandemic. So we weren't building anything. We weren't doing anything. We were literally just learning. Um, And we read articles and, you know, prepared for that trip, read all this academic stuff, theological stuff, like all economic stuff um, to wrestle with these questions of like what does it mean um, to love your neighbor in a modern world where we have things like an AIDS pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that trip totally destroyed me. And I didn't know what would come of it when I got back, but I knew the seeds had been planted.
0: Yeah. That, that disrupted
1: sense. your whole oh man career. Yeah. It, it whole destroyed life. me. Like, I remember coming back home and, like, yeah, reading, you know, sad bastard books and listening to, like, sad bastard music and drinking too much at the time. Yeah. And not knowing what to do with yeah. everything I'd seen and experienced.
0: So what um, kind of snapped you out of that? What what happened to get you turn that into something productive?
1: Man, it was years. Okay. I mean, for real. Uh yeah, because I didn't know if that meant, like, I need to move to Africa or, uh-huh. you know, go somewhere else or if I needed to plug in more locally. Yeah. Um, and really when uh, – so somewhere in there I got married. Um, and then my wife started volunteering as a two one 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 suicide hotline counselor.
0: Okay. And so that
1: started us as a family on the journey of, like, okay, we can apply this stuff, um, this loving your neighbor and taking care of your neighbor – here locally yeah, um, in a meaningful way and really coming from the place of if you take Jesus seriously uh, and just a quick reading of the Gospels would tell you like Jesus fed the hungry, healed mm-hmm. the sick like all these different things he wasn't showing up and being like I just have this biblical message about God but all that other stuff, good luck yeah, he was leading by example yeah, yeah. yeah leading by example and also kept saying like this is how God loves you uh-huh. and I'm showing you But yet my own experience had been like mostly church stuff, but not impacting the wider community. And my wife and I moved to Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. Didn't know a soul. Um, And at the time we moved predominantly into a lower income neighborhood where I didn't know anything about gentrification, didn't know that we were seen as a symbol of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried to get to know my neighbors and they were like, go home. Like, you know, Um, and it was really discouraging. But again, didn't know the racial history of Charleston, didn't, you know, I was kind of like the kid who walks into a movie that's been going on for two hours, right? And doesn't know at all the plot line. What's happening? Yeah, I was like, is this a comedy or a tragedy? I'm not sure, right? Um, So that happened, and then um, when we left Charleston to come to Nashville, um, I remember right away we were struck by just how neighborly everyone was. Mm. That even if there were some deep divisions, maybe under the surface, at least on like a day-to-day level, you could engage with your neighbor. Yep. Um, and so we moved uh, kind of off of Dickerson Road uh, over 11 years ago, um, and right away tried to plug into the neighborhood. Okay. Um, so my wife was trying to get a job in a nonprofit, and I was just volunteering with um, stuff that Goodwill was doing, stuff that tutoring programs, local schools, stuff that the Y was putting on, like anything we can get our hands on. Um, and my wife ended up working in the uh, men's prison and then the women's prison for a total of wow. five years. Yeah, she was. She still is. She's very. Uh, she's a badass lady. She's a rock star. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, many times she led the charge for our family. you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, Your wife's a badass.
0: She, yeah, we've established that. No yeah. Offense. Yeah. yeah no. Anything. No. She's awesome. Mine does
1: um, So, she did that for about five years, um, and we were volunteering with stuff in the community, and we were part of a church that really gave us structure that was, basically a church that said, look, all of our time and our treasure is going to go into Nashville Mm -hmm. for the hardest hit communities. Okay. So, it kind of gave us a structure to see, um, some of the things that were going on in our own city. Mm -hmm. That I just, you know, that unless you really dive deep, you're just not aware of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um... And so we were volunteering for all these things, but one of the consistent things I saw was that relationships didn't develop. Like, something might start, but then as soon as that program was over, it died. Um, And by and large, relationships didn't seem to be the point Mm -hmm. of the nonprofit. Um, But we wanted to explore what would it look like to start a nonprofit in partnership with the community that existed as an opportunity for relationship. Mm -hmm. Really believing that relationship is where life transformation happens, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and we all know that in simple ways, right? Like it's your network that helps you find the best next Absolutely. job, right? Um, but even think back like high school, like transformative moments with teachers or with coaches, they weren't because you learned how to do a corner kick in soccer. They were because that person invested in you and you mm-hmm. formed a real relationship. Um, and so that's what we were looking to to do. Okay. Um, so yeah, that, that brings us up to the start of Corner of Work.
0: Okay. Yeah. and when so when did you launch corner to corner? Uh,
1: so in 2011 we went and met with um, the staff at a local rec center near us because we're a big fan of you don't need your own building. Um, we're also a big fan of you don't need to invent community Community already exists like stop you know being arrogant right yeah um, and we're also a big fan of it from from a Christian ministry standpoint uh, you don't bring the good news about Jesus somewhere right like pretty sure Nashville has that figured out right <laughs> like so it's not uh we wanted to kind of retool what that model looked like uh so the first thing we did was go and meet with the local rec center staff okay and I'll never forget um a staff member at the time you know here I am let's do relationship you know I walk in hey I'm here to meet with so and so um and the person working just went wouldn't engage with me at all kept looking at their phone I was like okay you know um that's cool. Like, she later told me, she was like, I'll see you. You'll be gone in a week, white boy. Like, this is mm-hmm. not going to be, you know, uh, you're, you're another one of these do gooders who's full of it. Yep. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And so, but we got the conversation going in 2011. And once they knew about Tiffany, they were like, why don't we do a former offender job training here?
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, our neighborhood uh, estimates are around 30%. Of our neighbors, specifically men, are either in prison or on probation or caught up in the system in some way. Okay. And so we started offering that in early 2012. Um, And that went from week one, five, then 10, then 15, then 20. And it was just supposed to be a month. And then the staff was like, please keep coming back. So we just kept it going for three months. Uh, And then, um, you know, when we adopted our first child, that person who wouldn't talk to me at first, she's taking my wife out for girls' night out, and her grandkids' hand-me-downs were our son's um, first clothes. That's
0: and so the does. relationship yeah. thing
1: that we were hoping for had started. Um, and then organically, that uh, led to partnering with um, uh, a reading tutoring program, helping out with summer camp, um, and just step-by-step step, um, drew from there. Just kind
0: of understanding what the community... The communities that you were going into, the different pockets of areas, what they needed, what they wanted.
1: What, what could they help wanted. Them, what they wanted. Right. Yeah. Um, and also most of us take what we would call um, a community needs based approach. Right. Like unemployment's really high here, so oh. we need jobs. Right. But we never stop to ask, what is the community already killing? Right. Yeah. What are they crushing? Right. And it goes from that basic idea of you don't necessarily um, start with improving your weaknesses. You start by maximizing your strengths, right? Like that's, there's tons of research that shows that's how you excel. Um, And so with a community approach, that means you do a community asset model. And so like, here's the rec center, uh, tons of people of all ages coming in and out all day, this great facility. Um, It's warm, it's dry, there's lights, Mm -hmm. you know, there's computers, like all this good stuff. Why wouldn't we use this community hub? Right. You know, in partnership with the community to do something awesome.
0: Yeah. Instead of
1: taking all the time and resources to build something yeah. or And then market what's it to already- the community to try to come to me. Right. Right? Like, and I don't want to be involved in a three to five million dollar capital building campaign. Right. Right. Um, you could be using all that time and resources and energy yeah. and just doing good already. Yeah. And I have never had three to five million. <laughs> you know? So um, Yeah. And so uh, slowly but surely, things just evolved to where now with Corner Corner, we have education and that's reading, tutoring, and baking. Um, reading is focused on sparking a love of reading in the kids, so they skip the school-to-prison pipeline because okay. reading is the biggest predictor of that outcome. Uh, and then baking, because a lot of these kids have um, working parents, right, who are often working multiple jobs. Uh-huh. So they're in the kitchen a lot already, but mostly microwave, right? We're teaching them how to use everything. Um, so kitchen independence, confidence, sneaky math skills because you got to do fractions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's education, but this summer we're launching a video program for those kids. Um, really excited about this. Uh, How are they
0: gonna do the video?
1: Well, I, sh- I should say the, the basis for this is we're an agile nonprofit. Okay. I come out of you mm-hmm. know, software development world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure many of you yeah. are down with that. So I'm like Scrum certified. I'm a Scrum master. I'm a product owner certified in Agile framework. I love that stuff. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of if something's not working, blow it up. Yep. Right. Or tweak it, iterate until it's good. And it's hard to get kids to fall in love with reading like yeah. of any background. So we were just scratching our heads like, all right, we're getting some good results here. We continue to grow and, and tweak this. But what if we also launch something new that was drafting off the kids' love of movie and video. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to watch one of their favorite movies, and then we're going to bring in the script and show them that this started as reading and writing. Um, and then we're going to write their own stories with them, turn them into a script like they can actually see. you know? Love it. Um, and then we're going to film them on iPhones, just like we're doing That's right amazing. now. That's amazing. Love that. And then have a community screening. So inviting cool. parents, grandparents, friends, treating the kids like movie stars. Yeah. Right? Like my hunch is, and granted, this is a hypothesis, is that that will make the kid love reading more. Sure.
0: that That's going to be such a grand slam. It's not even funny because they're so going to, I mean, yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. It, it's going to give them such a sense of ownership and a sense of self-belief that they can do this for the rest mm-hmm. of their lives. And, and it's and, useful. And, right. It's like, for me, I, I get like my mental health <laughs> strength. Thank you. I get like my mental health strength from constantly working out fitness, eating right, and also um, blogging and creating content. So yeah. part of the reason why I do this podcast, I don't ha- well, I need to get out from behind my computer and, yeah. and meet with people, but um, the real reason why I do it is because I love creating content. And so what you're doing is you're giving all of these young people, yep. the tools and the knowledge and just the, the self-belief and self-confidence that they can do that. Absolutely, and that, that's going to be something that they can take with them for yep. the rest of their lives. And what, yeah. it doesn't matter about like whether they make money off of it or anything. No. It's going to make them just a confi- more confident person.
1: Yeah, and the idea of like I in everything we do, we are trying to make people producers instead of consumers. Right? Or rather, producers instead of sure. just consumers. If you
0: can create something, mm-hmm. you don't have to buy something. You don't have to get yeah. the need of 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 uh, like, how do I fill my time? I'm gonna yeah. go, I'm gonna go try to buy something. Yeah. Right.
1: Same with um, so in our economic development side, we traditionally just did former offender job training with Tiffany's deep skills in that area, but we were seeing that we could help guys get what I would call right now jobs. Mm-hmm. They're making eleven to thirteen dollars an hour, and they were getting thirty five cent an hour you know, increase year over year, Mm -hmm. right? Well, the MIT living wage calculator says that if you're a single parent with just one kid in Nashville, you need to make about $22 an hour, Okay, right? So where is that gap coming from? And so we looked at entrepreneurship as a way to tap into people's already existing creativity, passion, and hustle and get them to start thinking of themselves more as an entrepreneur. Right. Because all the the foundation was there, right? Um, And so that's why we started that. And again, now... We're seeing, I mean, we're seeing tons of amazing ideas get started and start making money, right? Um, so we're excited about that. But we're also seeing that even the ones who haven't yet started their business are now approaching their day job like a manager and like an owner. Okay. And we're hearing feedback from employers like, this is bananas. Like, I love what I'm seeing. And again, it's that shift from I'm a consumer to I'm a producer. Right. I um, love
0: that. That's awesome. And that's where you and I really connected was on the entrepreneur yeah. – entrepreneurship – sort of yeah. tip where you have, so talk about that program yeah. and how how that's going because yeah. that's, that's something this. that I'm fascinated by. Yeah,
1: I absolutely love this. And if you're still watching, thank you. Um, yeah, so the idea is um, the neighborhood already has entrepreneurs. They don't call themselves that, right? But they do three to five different things in a given year to make their economic life work, mm-hmm. right? So maybe that's multiple jobs, um, maybe that is in the summer, cutting a few yards. Uh, maybe that's selling plates, right? Mm-hmm. Fish fry. What? Right? Like, there's things going on, right? Yep. So the idea is simple: how do we take one of those things and then grow it by twenty percent, right? And with just some basic business knowledge, how to plan, okay. and start, and grow, right? Um, that we think we can see that. Um, and so we found a curriculum that had been crushing it in neighborhoods like ours down in Chattanooga. Um, that had moved into Memphis, New Orleans, Grand Rapids, Cincinnati. And we said, cool, let's bring that here. So we licensed it, paid for that to come here, got trained up by their leadership. Um, and in 2016, we ran our first cohort in a local rec center, right? Because part of the barrier to entry is our community is not going to go to a place that's mostly aimed at MBAs, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're not going to get in line for a traditional accelerator, Um because again, most accelerators, we have this um, Silicon Valley mentality of like, let's see hockey stick growth. Yep. Right. Um, so, how do we support local neighborhood right. small businesses? Okay. So, we started that. We had uh, something like 13 or 14 graduates that first cohort. Um, strong. Yeah, it's huge. Really strong. Um, yeah. One of and those. You're doing,
0: and so, sorry, you're doing like, wh- again, what they want, what they're yeah, yeah, yeah. doing. It's just, yeah. it's take what you yeah. already do, yeah, whether man. it's. Garage sailing or
1: whatever, whatever and let's yeah. just
0: help you increase it by twenty percent.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we're uh, and what's funny is for most of these, they're seeing way more than twenty percent um, that actually turn into businesses. That's awesome. Um, like we had a guy who wanted to start. Oh, we also emphasize starting small, so you can start mm-hmm. now. Um, yep. And so, like, if you were thinking restaurant, no, let's back that down to a catering outfit. Okay. Right? Um, let's see if we can get some financials down in a flow for how to yeah. do that well. Um, and so we did that with one guy. Um, it's amazing business. Um, and last year, he made something like over twenty-five grand That's in his side hustle, um, which is over the SBA average. So Small Business Administration actually says if you have a side hustle, on average, you'll make around $22,000 a year, um, which is amazing. That's great. Right? Yeah. Because and that supplementing is... What supplementing what the other thing you're doing. And, absolutely. Because yeah. that puts you above the poverty line. Right. Right? Because um, the reality, like somebody asked me the other day, what does poverty look like in Nashville? Um, I think poverty looks like a single parent who gets a flat tire. And because of that flat tire and that tow, um, they lose one of their jobs that they can't make it to. Mm-hmm. They borrow and get enough rides cobbled together for a few days... Um, But then they tap out of that network of support. Then they have to get a payday loan to pay for that tire, right? Mm -hmm. Now they're paying $120 on a $400 payday loan because they had to roll it together with the last one. Yeah. Right? That means they're one more flat tire away from eviction, right? Like, that's what poverty looks like. Yeah. So if suddenly you had an extra grand or $1,500 a month, we're talking four new tires. Yeah. Uh, down payment for your first home, maybe. We're yeah. talking a kid's college saving fund. Um, and so, yeah, and national data shows, this is from the Coffin Foundation, there's a potential uh, 10,000 more small neighborhood entrepreneurs um, just in some of our minority communities here in the city. Um, and if those 10,000 are making on average that 20K yeah. from the Small Business Administration, $200 million of annual economic impact. Yeah. Um, so that's like, I'm obsessed <laughs> with that goal.
0: I'm super pumped too because I feel like with technology mm-hmm. and, and the the devices that we're using even just to do the podcast yep. right now, yep. they can do so much. Anybody Absolutely. can do so much. And uh, I'm excited to help out however I can. Yeah. Like, along We've got the lines, Paul lined just, up to
1: be a, a guest I'm, speaker.
0: I am super excited to be a guest speaker. I'm going to learn a lot. I know I'm going to learn more than I teach. Uh, but what I do what I do talk about and what I what I am able to show – I hope that that just helps scale, yeah. you know, everyone's ability to do do what they want to be doing and yeah. make a little bit of extra money over the long term. But, it, you know, like, it's great because it's not going to be that hockey stick growth on the mm-hmm. digital side either. It's mm-hmm. going to be just scaling what they already do. Absolutely. So if it's like slow and steady, kind of face-to-face yep. face and building relationships, that's really the right way to do it on yep. the digital side too. So I yep. think um, the two will play nicely with, with one another.
1: Yeah, slow growth turn, tends to be stable growth. Mm-hmm. Um And so we really want to help people see that outcome. Yeah.
0: yeah, because I think like, you know, everybody in the world can fall victim to like the entrepreneur being cool now and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and making, needing to make a million dollars. And it's yeah. like, I don't think people realize that to your point about the $20,000, like that's a lot of money for anybody to supplement anything yeah. that they're doing. Yep. And I think it's something like three hundred thousand dollars a year puts you in like the top one yep. percent in America. And yep. so to look at it like this is a huge success mm-hmm. to make ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars yep. in a year on top of what I'm already doing. Yep. That's I think the mentality that everybody needs to have. And then yep. again, that's confidence. Yep. And then once you have that confidence and that self belief, then you really can take it as far as you want. Yeah, it changes all
1: sorts of things. Yeah,
0: um, that is so outstanding. Yeah,
1: and this again with the agile approach, we're seeing tremendous growth in this. So we started at one site, I did one cohort, and then we expanded into North Nashville, where we are now at the Magruder Family Resource Center. Big yep. shout out to those guys who donated this lovely corner corner office space. Um, and we did uh, we tested two cohorts simultaneously last year, and it went really well. Um, So, in total, we've launched close to 50 new entrepreneurs who've graduated. That's amazing. Um, And this year, our goal is to do 60, and so we had a really ambitious, we're expanding into three sites, and we needed to get 45 people registered. Um, And we had to close registration down a week early, because we hit our goal. Uh, So what can people do to support this, like, I mean, where
0: where does this go from here, you know? Yeah,
1: great question. Um, I mean, we need more people to get financially engaged okay. as donors. Um, we charge for the class because we think having skin in the game is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we charge $100, which is what it takes for the curriculum. Yeah, let me see what we got here. Yeah, this is the, uh, we use the CoStarters curriculum. They're good buddies. Um, but this curriculum, really nice, something tangible you get to take home and work with. Uh, it, we pay $100 for it. And then we in turn charge our students $100 um, that they have the whole 10 weeks of the program to pay for. Um, But on average, it's costing us about $1,200 to take somebody through. Um, So we need more financial supporters um, because uh, we, another thing, I don't know if I said, we pay and train local leaders to lead the curriculum um, because we really think it's important that local leadership owns it. Uh, but yeah, takes you through everything, you know, knowing your customer, uh, how to get started, getting the relationship right, um, distribution, building the model to scale. Um, we get into financials, right? What do you need on day one of operating? What do you need as ongoing costs, discovering your typical unit cost? We get into all this really good stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, we need. so we need more financial support from the community. Um, Because, yeah, our goal is ambitious. We want to see 60 entrepreneurs, which would be over a million dollars of economic impact in the neighborhood. Um, Yeah, so we want to see that happen. Um, We also need guest speakers. Okay. Um, This go-round with folks like yourself, local community leaders, this is crazy. We have close to 50 volunteers making this happen um, in terms of guest speakers. Yeah. Okay, Um, just in terms of guest speakers. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which is huge because three different sites, right? Yeah. And some nights we have two. I'm Um, pumped! I'm already booked.
0: Yeah, yeah. I knew there would be. Well, when I so this actually, I'm not trying to flatter you, but like when you got up and spoke at the thing, I was like, I got to connect with them now because, (laughs) because your energy and your passion for it was like everyone's gonna want to be a guest speaker. Man, I appreciate that. So we've never (laughs) had a guest speaker
1: not want to come back because what happens is, right? Most of us, if we're honest, y'all. We stick to our own kind of subculture, our own neighborhood, our own uh, demographic, right? Yeah. It's almost like the water table, right? Like, the water doesn't go to the level it goes to on, like, has some method or purpose. Yeah. That's just kind of where it lands. Uh-huh. And people yeah. are in the same way, right? Yeah. Um, and what happens in this class is you have people from different backgrounds, different worlds, different economic stories coming together to share their knowledge um, with people who are taking those first steps. And to see the relationship spark between the business, you know, the guy who comes in who has successfully run uh, like one of our guest speakers, he is the owner of the largest uh, solar panel farm in the southeast. You know, to see him cruise in and connect with a teen mom who wants to launch her own teen mom clothing store and employ other teen mothers. Yeah, like, when were they gonna hang out? No,
0: yeah, I right? don't that's amazing. I love this stuff. I mean, I've always like, for me, I get excited because I love business yeah. so much, mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to be able to help people, but yeah. I'm not I'm not naturally someone who, I mean, talk to my wife, like, she's the one in our relationship that's the yeah. better half that's going out and saying, we need same, to help same people. Same here.
1: Same here. <laughs> I feel you on that. And
0: so I'm excited that I can do something that I'm passionate about in some way to help People and and I'm talking about like a fraction of a percentage, obviously. But what you just said is like, how on earth would those two people be talking other than the business, the love for the business that they have, and you're just connecting the dots, and that's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because like we, oh, I think you're getting a call.
0: Oh, that's my dad. Nice. Sorry, dad. This is again why we do two
1: different. Oh, I get. Obviously, Um, I
0: have a lot of editing to do.
1: No problem. (laughs) Um, yeah, I was just gonna say, um. It's also fun because we don't tell a student if their idea is gonna work or not right yeah um we we tell them to talk to potential customers they will validate the idea mm-hmm. because personally I would have I would have passed on Instagram you know? yeah like so who yeah. am I to tell you your idea is good or not right 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 um and what's fascinating like is someone who loves business like there's a there's we know what a business model is right mm-hmm. like sell it for more than your operating costs. Yeah. You know, like on some level, there's some fun foundational ideas. Yeah. Um, but you end up finding out about like, uh, oh, brow and uh, lash um, beauticians and what their markup rate is. And like, I'm like, man, I want to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do I support that kind of business? Yeah. Because your markup is insane. Yeah. You know, um, and so it's for fun sure. to see how people's passion and creativity can be used in a way that I never would have anticipated. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um. Well, cool.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Will. Uh, yeah, wonderful to be here. It's amazing to uh, get out and get to see such a cool facility. This is a great, great spot. I love everything that you guys are doing. You're kind of like a lean. I feel like you're almost like an original lean startup, where you're like, we don't need an off- We don't really need an office space. Yeah, this is really donated need-
1: space. We should it's say yeah. in a facility. Um, that is run by other nonprofits who are like, do you want literally a corner for corner to corner? That's where we are. Beautiful. And uh, and we want to stay that hungry. Like, I want me and we have two staff people. That's it. It's all of us. I want us to always be like, I don't know where the next paycheck is coming from. Yeah. Like, we got to go hunt and kill and do well.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope this is just the beginning of uh, us being able to work together to, Absolutely. to, to help each other out. And um, we're going to... We're gonna have a lot of good stuff, good stuff to come. So thanks again for being on the show and yeah, for, for me. any of you out there we'll put up some information um, yeah. everywhere that we distribute the podcast on how you can help corner to corner. And uh, everybody have a great
1: day.